Welcome back to the You Can't Do podcast. On today's show, we have top 1% podcast in the world, Danny Miranda. We have, he's interviewing the wisest people in the world, but I really want to dive into who Danny is today. And I'm more than grateful to have you on the show, brother. Thank you for coming on the show. For those who may not be aware of who you are, can you just give us a little brief overview? Absolutely. Well, excited to be here. Appreciate you inviting me on. My name is Danny Miranda. I'm 27 years old. i have built this thing called the Danny Miranda podcast over the past two and a half years. And honestly, it's not even about me. It's funny. That's my name, but it's really about the guests, their incredible stories and learning lessons from them that hopefully stand the test of time and is really evergreen in the, in the truest sense of the word. And it's just like looking at the people I admire, looking at the way they look at the world and trying to decode it and understand it at a deeper level. So that's what I've done. Have had, 300 plus amazing conversations and just continuing to build it every damn day. Absolutely, man. And it does make sense that you uh, started as the Danny Miranda podcast though, because you're pursuing all of your interests. You're doing something that what I'm trying to do here is the same thing. It's like, I'm not just trying to make it. So I'm niche down into this specific thing, but more so like that we have so many interests and there's so much we can learn from different people in the world too. You started your journey at seven years old with the sunny times. Yes. And like, $5 a pop to your neighbors doing everything. I mean, then we moved to 13 year old Danny with Gary V 15 year old Danny with email in the Knicks. Like th there's such a expansive time horizon of how long you've been doing this. I'm curious for you, since you've been in creation for so long, what's the biggest lesson that creating online has taught you about yourself? It's taught me that I can open up the world by simply putting myself out on the internet. Mm -hmm. And that's just a wild concept because I knew at 13 that I could do this. I knew at 15 I could do this. And so once you kind of see that and have that unlock, like people talk about the first dollar, making $1 online changes the way you think about the world forever. For, For sure. me, it was making content and putting myself out there changed the way I looked at the world forever. Mm -hmm. Because now all of a sudden, I'm 15 years old and I'm going and interviewing NBA players and I'm looking around and I'm being like, well, no one else is 15 years years old here. I clearly did something different. What did I do different? I just put myself out onto the internet. And so to me, the biggest thing that creating has taught me about myself is that, oh, if I just put out my own interests, if I put out the things that I'm curious about, there will be people like you who come into my life who I didn't know existed, but there's something in there that's resonating with you. And I've done that since I was 13 and 15. It's just like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's so true. Creating online has been one of the most expansive things that just changed the direction of my life completely. And, and, and from you doing it for so long, like, do you, where do you feel that delusional or that, that delusional optimism comes from? It, it comes from seeing crazy things happen day in and day out. Like having Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast in 2020. It's like, that's a crazy outcome that I didn't expect to happen, but that it did, it makes me so optimistic and excited about where I'm going because it's like, well, if I can do this, if I can make this a reality, like what, what else can I do? And it just makes you think like, all right, what's the next step to this? All right. If this compounds over time, where does that look? And so I think the delusional optimism comes from a place of knowing that so many crazy things in my life have already occurred and I'm only 27 
and I, if I do nothing for the next five years, I'm still so young and I plan to do a lot. So it just, uh, it makes me really excited about the future and where I'm going and the things that are going to hopefully keep happening in my life. Yeah, man. It's, it's like I said, prior to hopping on here, like you've inspired me in so many ways, just in the way, just the way that you've acted in the world and just everything that you're doing in, in general. And I know that the North star, right. Is to get to a million downloads a month, you know, you, you're Madison square garden, all of the things, but I'm curious for you, what are you running from? I think I'm running from the, the version of myself that is taking a normal path. Mm. I know there's part of me that could just, I could go and have a, a nine to five job and drink beers and just have a great time at happy hour. And like, I know there's that side of me that exists because I lived that side of that normal path in college and I did it. And I'm running from that version of myself. So everything I'm doing is just like pushing myself towards the outcomes in the future that is more unexplainable, that is is not as linear. And because of that, I, I'm just running from that every day or trying to at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and life isn't linear. No, no, no path is, especially the path that we're on with entrepreneurship and, and podcasting. Like I, I think I seen, I don't remember who it was, but I seen someone recently say that podcasting is like the hardest uh, vertical to grow. And, and, and it, definitely. it definitely, definitely is that way for, for you. Like the, you obviously have the obsession, you have the relentless action that you've been taking. You're consistent as hell, like over 300 episodes, three, three a week. Like I'm, no one knows how much you, effort you put in behind the scenes because I definitely know what it looks like. And I couldn't imagine times three of that. I'm curious for you, like throughout that entire journey, what are the less obvious reasons that you found success? I would say that some of the less obvious reasons are that my mom and dad and grandma and grandpa have just are inside of me and they're dedication and the lessons that they instilled in me are something that is very difficult to see, but mm -hmm. is very obvious to me. It's like from each one of those four people, as well as my entire extended family, everyone is hardworking, kind, optimistic. They just don't have a public persona to show it, but everybody that I'm surrounded with is like this in yeah. some respect. And so people looking at me being like, well, like we see what you do and, and it's amazing, but I'm like, this is just what all my family does just in their own arenas and own, own places. Got you. That's really, that's really good to hear too, because from the outside looking in, like you can, you can see, like when I came across your page, you probably had around 20,000 followers on Twitter or so you probably like 9,000 on Instagram, but like, it looks so exponential from the the outside in and being able to see that there's a lot more that goes behind the scenes, especially starting so young, like seven years old, writing a newsletter. I, I didn't even know what a newsletter was until I was probably 16. Like I, like, <laughs> I'm probably 17, honestly, it, it's, it's crazy to see it. Well, yeah, I, I just think it's just, I'm expressing myself yeah. and I've always been somebody who, this is how I'm feeling. And I want to tell you about it. And I don't know what the origin of that is or why I do that, but I've always done that. I've always worn my emotions on my sleeve. And when I've been down, I've been like really down and it's really hurt me. And when I've been up, like I tell people about it. I want to spread what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing in this life. And it's, it's in me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I found. It's, it's, it's really rewarding to just to post online, just to begin with, 
because I feel like you find a lot more about yourself through posting online through like the you're, you're able to see as like almost a, a reflection in some capacity at let's say September 9th, 2019 to December, 2020. That was a, such a massive shift within you and exactly what you said there, like online to going into uh, where, where you were in 2020. I'm curious for you, what were like the pivotal moments or the, the kind of mindset shift that you had to go through to be able to make such a massive shift? Yeah, you talk about, I think, September 9th, 2019. I, that to me represents like the turning point. And the reason why it's a turning point is because of meditation and because of it was the first time in my life where I, I looked at myself. So imagine now you got 24 years of, of life experience, but for zero of those years, really, you have spent looking at your own actions and reflecting on them. Yeah. September 2019 was the first time I said, all right, I'm going to take this timer. I'm looking for it around me right now because I meditate near here. And yeah. I'm like, let me take this timer and let me go 20 minutes in the morning, just listen to myself and watch myself think. Mm -hmm. And with my eyes closed, no inputs coming in. And that shift changed everything. It was all over from there. It was all, it, everything is downstream of that. And every moment that I've, I've been meditating and that I've been looking at myself and I've fallen off the bandwagon over the past four years. Like there's been times where I've been consistent 20 minutes a day, mm -hmm. consistent 60 minutes a day, then consistent zero minutes a day. And now I'm back to doing 20 minutes in the morning and sometimes 20 minutes in the evening. But it's like, Throughout those four years, having that grounding of looking at myself, asking myself, what do I consider? What do I like? I mean, I, I just ran into this guy today at the gym who doesn't know the path that he wants to take. And I, I resonate and understand that because I was there myself. And how could you possibly know the path that you want to take when you're graduating college when since you were five to when you're 22, you've been surrounded by what other people believe and their own standards of excellence. If everyone around you is looking at GPA as the number one indicator of success, that is going to seep into your being in some way. And it's only from removing myself from all of it, removing myself from the noise, listening to myself, tuning in. It doesn't have to be a long time, 20 minutes. Everyone has got 20 minutes to, to really look at themselves. That one habit just changed everything, man. I can't speak about it enough. And I, I, people talk about it, but it's like, why? Why is it so significant? It's so significant because you are turning the light that you spread listening and, and bring things in. You're now turning that inward for the first time. That's what happened to me at, at 24 years old in 2019. So, yeah, I'm so grateful. That was the next question was jumping into to meditation because let's go. It's been like the most foundational after I read Eckhart Tolle. And then I dove deep into, um, breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza. Yep. I dove into those two and I realized the power of meditation being with yourself. And it's like, we have, uh, I was listening to the Tej Dosha and you when he was interviewing you. And there was a question that he, uh, he asked himself and it was like, I actually have it down too. What would I be without the stories that are in my head? And it's like yeah. taking a, a step back. And I literally wrote that down as I was listening to it prior to this, because asking yourself that question, we never, most people go through life, just living their life, thinking that this is who I am because it's a story that they tell themselves, but to actually step back and be with your thoughts is one of the most powerful things that you can do in life that really helps you take a step back, especially at 15 years old when a 40-year-old woman was telling you that you were weird because you were doing things that were abnormal, right? So to step back and to do like what really felt right to you, I'm curious for you, like now in the position that you're in, I mean, sponsored by My First Million, from, from going from like not having um, like just audio 
and then going to Noah Kagan as the first in person. And then now you're at over 300 episodes. You're doing like astounding things in the podcast world. What's been like, how, how does it feel to be where you are right now? from starting from where you were. It feels super cool, but I'd be lying if I said that I didn't expect it yeah. in a weird way. Like I just knew, you know, and I, but I knew when I was 15, yeah. like I knew when I was 15, I'm different because I'm looking around. Right. And I don't know if that's just a combination of genetics, of upbringing, of being blessed with a, a computer, a desktop computer when I was 13 years old that I could just go and, and play around with and explore. Maybe it was 12, but it's just like, I, it all contributes, but I, I knew, you know, even when I was 15, and I think part of the reason why I didn't continue the, the journey when I was 13 and 15 is my expectations for where, for the time frame that it was going to take mm-hmm. was messed up. I thought like, if I do this blog for three months, or if I do it for a year or two years, it'll work out. Yeah. But the truth is, and this is something that James Altucher has, I've recently stumbled on his writing on how to reinvent yourself, mm. where he's got this great piece that I, I retweeted where it's like, it takes five years, five years to reinvent yourself. Year one, you're just figuring out the thing that you're doing. Year two, you know who to talk to, and you're getting better at your thing. Year three, you start making some money from it, but it's not a crazy amount. Year four, you're starting to make good money from your thing. Year five, you're rich from your thing. And I don't know if that's the case for everyone. I don't know if that time frame can be condensed and increased, but I know from my experience, I'm looking at that blueprint and it's only in the third year of doing the podcast that people are like, yo, we see you like this is really working and keep doing it. And like, obviously I was getting signs early on, but it's only in the the third year, which we're like uh, almost halfway through that. It's like people are really starting to take notice. And I'm sure if I continue at the current pace in a year from now, two years from now, it'll be a lot different, but that's the exciting part of it. And so, yeah, that five-year window is something that I wish I knew when I was starting that, that next blog. When I, I wish I knew when I was starting the time management blog, cause I wrote that blog for three months and there were good posts and I was connecting with people who were insane, but it wasn't, I didn't, my time frame was off and what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, when it's, it's hard to have a long time horizon when you're, especially like at least when you're 13, you know, exactly. And even at, even at like, like 20 or wherever you're, wherever you're at in your life, it's still patience is a virtue. Like it's one of the hardest things to really adapt, especially in the, in the face of like, this is, I know for me, and I know the same thing for you. It's like you went for a period of time. I think it was three months where you just didn't, didn't podcast, didn't, didn't host. And then you went in a different period of time where you, I think it was July where you had only two episodes that you release. And it's like, In that period of time when you weren't podcasting, you felt pulled to go towards that thing. And it's like, this is the thing that really makes me feel alive. I feel the exact same way. Like I think five years down the road, if I made no money from the podcast and it was just me connecting with great people, I'd be I'd be so satisfied with what I'm doing. And it's yeah, it, it, yeah, go ahead. No, it's just it's like having that as the baseline is super cool. And I i I admire that so much because that's that's exactly where I was too. I wish that looking back, I wish that I pushed harder for the money aspect because I was so, yeah, I was so into, I'm just doing it for the love of doing it. And I think I personally needed more of a balance of like, no, nah, like you should make money from that thing as well, or like try to figure out a way to do it. Um, so for me, that was like creating clips for people mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of wish I reached out to sponsors earlier, but like everyone's got their own path. 
just personally, because I think having that external validation, especially in the first two years, would have pushed me to keep going at a at a better pace. And I might have not stopped doing it in December of 2022, 2021 and, and in July of 2022, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. It definitely does. But I'm, I think there's, it's, it's tough too. I mean, you probably had the downloads to be able to do that, but for a lot of people, like I'm top 1.5% in the world and my downloads are not at the point where a sponsor would even like look my way. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. But, but also like, is that a limiting belief in your sense? Like, could you reach out to, you know, 25 people who align with you and see the mission of where you're going and brands that you are to use and trust and like, and try to form connections with them. So, yeah, I mean, like my podcast isn't at the level to be getting crazy sponsorships from athletic greens and all these companies. Right. But it's like, I found a way by connecting with people who believe in me. And so Mm -hmm. that could look like something very similar for yourself as well. Um, and especially if you've had the reps to prove like, yo, I'm in this, yo, I love doing this, yo, I'm going to keep doing it. So. Yeah, that's my, that's my intention for sure. I'm at, this is going to be probably over 130. Like I have Amazing. a couple that are going, that are going right now, but yeah, it's definitely like my, my intention is just to continue going. And like I said, like speaking with someone like you from, I can, I can think back from beginning of 2021, I came across, I don't remember how I even came across. Cause I was not a Twitter dude. I think I found you on Instagram. I just recently got on Twitter. And it's insane yeah. when I was like, everything that you were saying when it comes to like compassion and, and kindness and love and like, and meditation, everything that you went through, I was like, I need to speak to this man now. Like this, <laughs> like, I'm, I can't wait. Cause I, it was like the same delusional optimism too. It's like, I'm going to have him on my podcast and same for continuously moving forward. And I think that's really what my intention is to get bigger guests on so that I can reach out to brands and stuff like that. Cause it, it definitely could be a limiting belief for sure. But it's, it's, it's very, uh, very objective too, depending on where you are. I'm, I'm curious for you. Like, I know there's one thing that I find that I find, I give you a lot of uh, respect for, and you've done a lot of uh, challenges. Uh, you've done 75 hard three times, uh, 60 minutes of meditation for 60 days um, in the woods for five days, no technology. We did the 50 pull-ups. Like there, there's so many challenges that you went through, man. It's insane. Like what has, what's been the biggest challenge for you or like the biggest lesson that you've learned from the challenges and and, and why is that? The biggest lesson that I've learned as a whole from all of them is just like, we don't know what we're capable of until we actually put ourselves to the test. And so for me, the reason why I do this, I think is inspired by Tim Ferriss just very loosely. And it's, it's just like the idea of becoming all you can be is, is really close to my heart. And the reason why all those challenges work for me is because I'm trying to, I'm fearful of becoming that person who is normal. I'm be, I know I'm, I can so easily be sucked into the normal path that it's like when I'm pushing the boundaries of what my body and mind can do is really when I'm, I find that it's not like I'm most comfortable there, but that's where I'm trying to become most comfortable. It's like pushing myself and dude, I fall off all the time. And like, it's like, I wasn't meditating for the past for like October to January of this year. And then for the past 30 days, I said, all right, like I need to be meditating. I need to get back to it. I'm going to do a hundred day challenge. And I just did this for myself. I didn't talk about it publicly. Like I just wanted this to be an internal thing past 30 days, like every single day, 20 minutes. And that has been so huge for me. So it's just like, 
giving yourself compassion when you fall off, but also like really pushing yourself to be all you can be. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you obviously know that you're not in the the normal. I don't think anyone in this space of what is, whether it's Twitter or this side of the internet is, is normal um, in, in any capacity. So it's definitely, it's a tricky path to get on too, because I know that you did the, uh, I love myself challenge too. And so like going through that, how have you been able to find the balance between striving to get uncomfortable and to push your limits and, and find that and then also being able to give yourself grace because I feel like for everything that you're doing, whether it's clips or doing clips for yourself, like timestamps, like, dude, there's so much that goes into podcasting. And then to do clips and stuff on top of that, it's insane. So, like, how yeah. do you give yourself grace? Yes, uh, giving myself grace. So, first of all, I've got to the point now where people are creating the clips for me where their, you know, their area or zone of genius is about creating clips and uh, people separately have come to me and, and started creating that. So just want to clear that up there. So people don't think that I'm creating like four clips a day of that are high quality and insane. So yeah, yeah. but uh, giving myself grace comes down to the understanding that like life is, it's, in, it's an incredible trip just to be here in this moment. And like, if that is the grounding for everything, it's like, all right, it's amazing to be in this moment. It's amazing to be alive. Like it is truly an incredible thing. And then on top of that, you say, okay, it's truly incredible to be alive. So I'm going to try to achieve crazy things. I'm going to try to sell out Madison Square Garden. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get the most insane guests I possibly can on my podcast. But okay, that doesn't happen. That's all good. The base of it is this amazing that we're alive. So that's how I think about becoming all I can be. I find it amazing that I'm alive. I find it amazing that I'm in this body. I'm in this mind. I'm talking to you. The internet's wild, all this stuff. So like, let me try to achieve everything. But if I don't actually achieve it, it's all good. I'm happy just being here. I'm happy just like experiencing this moment truly. And so that's how I, I think about grace. And that's how I think about trying to do amazing things, but also understanding that if I don't hit it, it's fine. Because we're living. This is crazy as it is. So true. It's so true. I don't think, and I think meditation is probably a part of that. The reason that you even bring that up to begin with, right? Like Definitely. a lot of people aren't aware to the point where this moment alone, like we're always thinking about what's happening, what's going to happen tomorrow. What happened when uh, I was, when you were get, putting against a locker in, in 2012, like yes, all, all, all right. periods of time, right? Like, so being able to realize that, but is there any like practices? Cause I know journaling and meditation have both been huge for you. Is there any practices that you lean on when you find yourself not in alignment because I know during like the drop shipping time and stuff like that, it was more of like, this is where I'm going, but how do you find that? Yeah, I think meditation's a huge, obviously, like I mentioned before, but another is just like calling my mom or Ooh. calling a close friend. I think that's just such an underrated way to like a lot of the times when we're in those dark places, we're so singularly focused on ourselves. Yeah. So I think one good way is to like focus on somebody else or connect with somebody else. So when you're connecting with somebody, you're inherently, usually not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the thing that we're creating together or the idea that someone said or how we're operating or, you know, more comes into being when we're connecting than just ourselves. And often those down moments come when it's just ourselves. So for anyone in that place, it's, it's probably because you're, you haven't connected with somebody deeply. And when you're connecting with yourself, in meditation, you're going, you're understanding yourself better. You're, you're diving into your own patterns and beliefs. And, and it's a deeper level of connection than just being with yourself 
on scrolling on your phone because then you're really with other people, but you're not actually connected. So yeah, the, the, what it circles back to is really connecting with people and calling somebody who gives you good energy and good vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely, I, I think, um, I seen one of your like most, uh, cause I use TweetMix, of course. Yeah. One of, one of your biggest, um, like posts was like, if you walk more, you'll live longer essentially. Yes. And the same thing goes for when you're with people, it's, it's pretty much proven that if you're, if you're alone, people die faster when they, when they're alone. Cause I mean, that's why we do the podcast, right? We want to connect with people. It's the whole purpose of being here is to socialize. It's what social media is for. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the hard part about as this thing is starting to take off and as more people are seeing it, it's like now there are more people that can, that want to connect with me than I can possibly connect with. And I'm trying to navigate through that. Like as somebody who loves connection, who loves human beings, who wants to really connect with as many people as I possibly can, it's, it's challenging when there are more inputs coming in than you could possibly connect with. So yeah, if you have any advice or ideas or perspective, I mean, I, I'm more than open to hearing them because it's like, it's, it's an interesting challenge that I didn't foresee happening. I wasn't planning on, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, doing three podcasts a week and then all of the back end work that goes along with it, I can only imagine how difficult that is to, to, to manage. I mean, what, what is your, like, do you have a time management system like set up or is it just like, I'm living by my schedule by, by like this person's getting booked this day. This like, how does that work? I do so much based on feel. It's insane. Like if I were to put this all in a notion template or I like some people's mind operate like that. Mine is just like, all right, how many guests we got lined up for this week? All right, next week, how many guests we got? All right, next week. <laughs> just like, I have a good intuition for like, am I, am I light on guests? Am I heavy on guests? Or like, you know, have I posted on Twitter? Have I posted? Like, I just, <laughs> it sounds crazy when I'm explaining it to you, but it, this is just how I operate of just trying to just put my full force into it and not really get so bogged down by the details of like, all right, I posted three times. I didn't post four times. Like, okay, I gotta like, to me, less metrics and more just feel is how I, I've succeeded in operating, but listen, everyone's different. And I probably could have got here faster if I was more metrics driven. So. Yeah. I think it's really hard to, to find the balance between the two. Cause it, obviously with a podcast or social media, whatever it is, metrics are the basis of quote unquote success. So it's hard to not look at that or even to like focus on the day to day, like getting guests and focusing on, like, am I hitting my metrics or is this even growing? Like kind of thing. It's, but it's, I think it's uh, probably really good to hear for a lot of people listening that you don't really have something set up because I'm doing the same thing. Like, it's like, okay, I know I'm having Danny on this week. Who's on next week? Like, how, how am I like preparing for it? So it's the same kind of mindset for, for you, like throughout that process, you've had so many guests on and I can't ask you like what guest has been the best or what, what, like whatever that is. Cause there's so many nuance to that, but like throughout your period of time interviewing guests, what has it taught about you even? I find that you figure out what's important to you by doing creative work. Mm. And so much of life is creative in the sense of like, if you start a business, that's creativity. If you have a conversation, that's creativity. Anytime you're like actually expressing yourself and what you value, you're making it, what it's taught me is what I actually value and what I care about. And mm. it's helped make that more clear for me doing so many episodes. So it's like, all right, why am I asking so much about parenting? 
I'm not a parent, you know, like there's something there like that, it that makes it interesting to me. Like, why am I asking about writing? Why am I asking about creativity? Why am I asking about how fame has changed this person? Right? Like I'm curious about all those things. And it, I didn't know that I was curious about them. Like I couldn't have told you that 300 episodes ago, but I'm starting to see the path from not taking the path. Like the path has been just do the work, show up, be consistent. And from that, I found out like what I value, what I care about, the questions that are on my mind. And it's like, we're forced to make decisions every time we create something. So you do a piece of writing. Well, you're now, you're now thinking, okay, I'm going to include this, but I'm not going to include that. I'm going to do it about this topic, but I'm not going to do it about that one. And so doing the podcast has allowed me to figure out the topics that I care about, the questions that I care about, and the people that I care about as well, and understanding them at a deeper level. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to say I, I noticed from you from the beginning was when I found your podcast to begin with, I went to scroll through like all of the people that were previously on. And I was like, I haven't found one person that I wouldn't want on my show. Like I was like, wow. dude. It, it, it was insane. And, and you having um, Cole ha uh, Hastings on the podcast a couple of days ago, I just, uh, I'm actually in the process of booking him for a podcast next month. And it's funny because like every single person that you have on is someone that I resonate with in some capacity. Like it, it's really, really expensive what, how we connect just through exploring our curiosities, exactly that. And as you said, it, it does become down to like, you have to decide and you find more about yourself. I'm curious for you throughout your journey, what has been the hardest decision to make? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I is the honest answer. I I have to think about that and really really sit with it. Um because a lot of it doesn't feel like a, a decision to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like I decided to create the podcast. It feels almost as if the podcast created itself yeah. without my decision. Yeah. And so I mean, a hard decision was like leaving the job that was in 2019. And, but I, I don't know if that even was a decision on my part. Like, was it just the natural flow of the way things were going to go? Mm -hmm. And it seemed like it was difficult in that moment. So a lot of it feels like planned in some way, which is just a weird thing to experience and to be in and just like following the flow of what is supposed to happen. And it, it's a weird feeling. Like when you, when you see it all unfolding in this way, like, man, it, I, I don't know like if everyone like feels like this at some point, but I feel really blessed to just be watching it all unfold. Like I'm not doing anything, I'm not deciding anything like it just happening. So yeah, it's a cool thing. It's you so late. Oh, 1000%. Is, is that when you said that the first thing that came to mind for me was, so I started the podcast at around the same time I started my coaching business. And there was always this like part of me that felt like like the idea of you can too was always in the back of my mind. I listened to Gary V a lot growing up. Like there's a lot of people that like were in my mind that I just thought about. And I was like, they're doing insane things in the world right now. But like everyone around me is telling me I'm abnormal or like this is impossible. And it was like, why? Like, wh like, why do I have to live by that belief? And I didn't even know what a belief yeah. system was at the time. But it was like, I know that there's more out there. Someone else can do it. There's obviously it's proof that it can happen. And I kind of live by like the... Um, Roger Bannister, when he passed the four minute mile, it was like that expanded so many people's minds of what was possible. So why can't I have the opportunity to ask other people, amazing, amazing people, their questions and how they did it? Because th they had to do a lot of things to get through to like to where they are. And it does unfold in a lot of ways as well. And that's exactly what I was just going to ask you is like 2019, you had a great job. Like a lot of people would see like that success. You 
we left Binghamton, which is funny because I live in upstate New York, Binghamton. I, I tried out for like their uh, college baseball team at a point in time, but um, yeah. it, it's funny how like it does unfold in such a mysterious way. And at the time it may seem like you're, you're just kind of going through it. But when you see from the outside perspective, it's like, it seems almost planned uh, mm. throughout that journey. It's, it's really weird how life works that way. For, for you with, and that actually kind of leads me into the next question I was going to ask, because at that time, right, like you have a job where you're getting an amazing income. So to build the confidence to step into the, to the podcast full time and, or, and just step into that completely, like, how did you build the confidence? And was there like a prep kind of stage period before that? Yeah. So for me, what, what happened was in 2019, I stopped doing the job in September of 2019 and I had some savings and I went to, I was thinking like, all right, like what is going to be the thing that like actually lights me up that I'm excited to do every day. And I, my first thought was like, I'm working out twice a day. Like I'm doing 75 hard. I love fitness. Why not teach other people the same thing and how to do that? And so that was the path that I pursued for, I don't know, probably six months. And then what happened was COVID happened and lockdowns happened. And I went back to home. So I started living with my parents again, no expenses basically. And just was like trying to find myself. Like, what am I doing here on this rock in space? Like what is going on? And uh, then I turned to writing because I was doing that as a kid. Let me write on the internet. Like that was, that's the path. And then, and then it turned into like, all right, like, I love talking to people too. So like, let me do that. And so it was just kind of like the, this navigating road. And it wasn't until September of 2020 that I started the podcast and I left the job in September of 2019. And that period, that one year was really important of me finding myself, of me going deep with myself. And I knew that I had changed by June of 2019, 2020 rather. So like, I knew that I was a completely different person than I was in March of 2020. And I was like, holy smokes, like, I'm so different. Like the energy that I'm giving to the world is just different. And I feel different. It's like, I got to tell people about this. And so it, that idea and that thought of like, I should be telling people about this led to the podcast in a way, because I was just talking to people and, and having phone conversations with them. And then I was like, I should record this. So it kind of happened like very slowly in a way, but also looking back, it was just a year. Like it wasn't that crazy. And it wasn't like I was setting out to, you know, do anything wild. So doing that in that period of time, that that was a really foundational period so that I could really understand myself at a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then it led to, you know, post on Twitter who wants to have a conversation and it just built from there, which is insane. Like just to say, cause you look at that when you're doing this 40 years in the future and you yeah. reflect on like, this just started. And it's exactly, as you said, like you couldn't plan that it just happened. And it just like, it's like a place in your lap in some capacity in that period of time for that year of finding yourself, what did you go through? Like, how did, how did you get more in touch with yourself? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, it's the meditation that was huge then, but it was periods of like you, I would start, I would get like, I would put two steps forward and then I'd take two steps back and I'd be like, what is happening? You know, like I'm making the strides, I'm doing the thing, but this isn't it. And that feeling of like committing to something and then realizing it's not it. It was happening to me over and over and over again. It felt like, um, but in that time, I'm really just, I'm listening to myself. I'm writing, I'm meditating, I'm planning out my days and making sure my day is starting out on the right foot. Like I remember doing Wim Hof breathing every morning and doing affirmations and 
and really just trying to like make the inputs in the morning. Cause th this is the thing we, <laughs> we don't realize like when you are starting something that is actually when it is most vulnerable to, to really be broken down. And so now today I don't need to go through like a complex morning routine. I, I just meditate and I have some coffee and I wake up and everything's good. Like life is flowing. I've made it to this point and I'll get to the morning routine again in the future when I need it. But it's like the morning routine then was so critical because every day I was waking up like, what am I doing here? What, what's my purpose? How am I living? Like, so in that early stage, it's just like writing down, okay, when the day starts, this is what I'm going to do and getting myself out on the right foot. It was so critical, man, like really important. Um, so like I said, it was like Wim Hof breathing, meditation, uh, doing affirmations and not checking my phone till noon is the things that I was doing from like March of 2020 to June of 2020. And what happens is the more you do, the more you think you can do. And the, that's the amazing part about life. And it's, uh, it's just like, if all of that sounds too complicated, just do one and see, see how one is working for you. And you'll see that when you have the belief that you can follow your word, it's incredible what, what happens next. One thousand percent, one thousand percent, and it's funny that you say that too, because your your morning routine, and I say this like it's crazy how similar we are in a lot of ways. Just from you, like just from seeing you online and then having you on the podcast, my morning routine used to be like I'd read for an hour, I'd meditate for thirty minutes, and affirmations, all the thing. Now it's I meditate first thing in the morning, I drink coffee, and then I get to work. It's that is exactly that. That's it. That's the morning routine. It's funny how that yeah. works that way. Um, and and I just got a. Uh, a cold plunge or something to be able to do them in the morning too. Cause it's just something else that I've seen so much. So frequently, I know you were in NYC. Now you're in Austin. That, that was a massive shift in your life. I, I could only assume, what did it change in the way that you, uh, your internal narrative and kind of the way that you approach the world? Cause I assume it's like kind of like changing a chapter, of course. Definitely. So I guess the best way to explain it would be with a story. And that is when I, when I, I had a new year's party, I, I went to a new year's party on December 31st. Mm -hmm. And when I, I went to it, I was thinking like, ah, oh, I should bring a gift because these people are inviting me over to their house. So I was thinking like, what would make for a good gift? And I was like, oh, this book, Conscious Living by Gay Hendricks, like this really changed my life back then. You know, we were talking about that time period. That was mm -hmm. a really important pivotal book for me. Let me just bring it to these people because they're going through a transition point in their life as well. So like, maybe it'll be beneficial or helpful to them. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, wrote down a note on the, the book and gave it to them. And I reflected on that. And I said, okay, I'm in Austin. And I just gave a book as a gift for a New Year's party. What would I have done if I was in New York City? And the answer was, I would have brought a bottle of wine over because that is what the culture appreciates, respects. And I was like, that is such a wild thing that yeah. I could be in a different place. Nothing has changed. Like I, if the couple was in New York City and the same couple, and I was going over to their apartment, I would have thought about bringing a bottle of wine to them. But because of being in Austin, the way people think about the world, the way I'm thinking about Austin in general is like, no, it's, it's about health. It's about like becoming the best version of yourself. Oh, obviously also, this is my own interpretation of the city, not necessarily what the city is. I'm sure there are people who are into fitness and creation and business all in New York City as well. But I'm interpreting Austin as like, oh, this is the place for you know, just becoming the best version of yourself, reading, expanding. 
And so I brought the book to them and I just reflected and I was like, wow, it's wild what can happen when you, when your view of the city is different than what another city might be and, and how that changes your own behavior. It's so funny that you say that because I went to Austin a few beginning of 2021, I think. Uh, I think it was actually beginning of 2022. And I went for a coaching event. And when I was there, I was there for four days. And I was like, this energy is contagious. Like it's, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's something like I've never felt in my life. And I live in upstate New York. So it was like, that feels like heaven to me. Like the, the weather yeah. is great. Like I, every single we'd we'd walk past like people just on the street and like they'd be coaches too, or they'd be doing something creative online. It's like this yeah. place is exactly like, it's like Silicon Valley from so many years ago. It's like the same kind of energy that you're in. Do you feel like that you're in a position now where you're surrounded by more people that I know, cause I know Zach Pogorov is like a, a good friend of yours. Is there anyone else yeah. that, that you're surrounded by? I'm actually having him on the podcast late March too, um, of like change the way. Cause I know that the way that you surround yourself with people or who you surround yourself with has a massive impact on, on your surroundings. How has that shaped you and, and the person that you're becoming like people's way of thinking or behaving? There are so many amazing people here and it's like amazing people being people who are creative, people who are starting businesses, people who honestly, what, what's been fascinating is I lived in New York city for basically like a year, walked around there every day. Didn't, maybe I got recognized like once or twice. Mm. I've been recognized once a week here. Yeah. And it's not because like, I don't know exactly why that is, but my guess is that it's because the people here are the people that are shaping the future. Mm -hmm. And the people who are shaping the future want to listen to my content because I, I talk about technology and the future and, and all the stuff that hopefully the world will be talking about much more in 10 years. And so the people who are resonating with that message are the people who are building that future as well. And so for me, the, the city of Austin and, and what Austin has represented and how it's impacted me is just about, you know, kindness. It's about like fitness and and entrepreneurship and business and and just taking control of your life and the the creativity here is through the roof the people here that i it's supposed supposedly i was just talking to a comedian who runs a club and he was saying the scene here right now is it is just on that exponential curve for comedy and i was like well you know writing it's the same way podcasting is the same way and it was giving him a lot of uh just peace knowing that wow, it's not just comedy that is being impacted in this creative way. And I think it's also probably true for entrepreneurship in general. So yeah, I mean, it's hard not to find people like this. And because of that, that's what makes it so special. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Like from where I'm from, I don't know. Actually, I don't know one person that I know that is actually an entrepreneur where I'm yeah. from like at all. So that's, yeah. that's why I asked that question. Cause I feel at least from the people that I've met online, like, like so many people online, I was like, it, it was like kind of a moment where I started meeting people that were like me. And I was like, there's actually people that are like me, like that have the same kind of perspective and like think big and like, like the same kind of uh, mission in the world. And I know that like a couple of years ago when you were doing that job where it was like, you were, you were getting the income and, and, and drop shipping agencies, like you've done all of the things I'm curious for you right now, what are you optimizing for in the phase of life that you're in? Yeah, I would say I'm optimizing to continue the mission. And the mission being building the podcast into an absolute force and behemoth. I'm optimizing my life around that. And I don't know if there are like specific, it's not so much about the specific metrics. It's more so just like 
how how crazy can this get? You know, I've seen what it could be when I do this uh, with full focus in the beginning, and I saw what I could do in in the second year when I was just doing it when I felt like it. Now in the third year of it, like how can how how crazy could this get? And it, there's something so beautiful about really committing yourself to a mission, seeing what happens. Like the world just opens up when you commit yourself to a mission and you've been doing that mission for a while and people know you as that person on that mission yeah. is something incredible that's happening. And it's like the things and opportunities that are coming to me that I, I'm not consciously creating myself mm-hmm. is remarkable. And so because of that, what I'm optimizing for is the podcast. And so every other part of myself is not getting the fullness of my being like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, like I'm working out consistently, like probably, you know, more than once a week when you do yoga and running and lifting, but I'm not like optimizing for that Mm -hmm. relationships. I'm like not dating as much. I'm just focused when, when it comes to, um, I'm trying to think of like other areas, but it's just like the podcast is the, the thing. And because of that, it's, it's turned into something special. And I realized like, this is just a phase, like, 10 years from now, it might be just like raising kids. It's like the thing that I'm focused on. But once you have that base of like, I've worked on my fitness for five years. Now it could be more. And it's like, because of that, I can not coast, but I can spend less time and energy and focus on that aspect Mm -hmm. so that I build up the podcast and then that can coast at some point. But when I'm in the build mode, it's just focus, 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 nonstop. 1000%, 1000%. 1000%, 1000%. When you when you are working out for such a long period of time, it becomes a lot easier to to manage is I yes. guess the way, the way of doing it. And it's the same thing for the podcast. I mean, three episodes a week, as I've already said, is a whole, it's a lot. It's a lot for a lot of people. Like from my perspective, I do one a week and yeah. then a solo episode, but like thinking about doing three a week, just my, my mind's like, wow. Especially with everything that goes on on the back end too. It's insane. Yes. Thing. But it's it's funny how we do, like you said, I think at the beginning, I think it's a, it's scary for a lot of people just to start to begin with, because whether they're, they feel like they're going to look stupid or they don't have anything to say. Like we, we talk about a lot, like we're not the experts, we're learning from the experts. And that's the only thing that we're here for. Like, I want to learn, I want to support people in the process of it. But the more that you go on and you, you're really aligned with that mission, people start to follow along with that mission because they get attached to something that they see you attached to. I'm curious for you, because as I said, throughout this podcast, we resonate on a lot of things. And another thing that we resonate on is um, or not authors, um, musicians that we like. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have Russ's book right on the side of me, Big Sean, uh, Just Mike, Mike Posner, like all the people. Yeah. <laughs> right here, right here. Yeah. Love yeah. it, man. Um, and it's funny. I'm curious for you because uh, they're really spiritual people, it seems. Um, what do you think brings you to their kind of music or like that makes you resonate with them the most? I think they're just all of them that you mentioned are operating with discipline and love. Mm. in everything that they're doing. And also because there are not as many models to choose from when you're thinking about podcasters. So you, you're forced to use, okay, who are other people that have used their voice to create massive change and impact and income in the world? And so because of that, that makes me attracted to them because I'm just looking for examples. Once we have examples, we can create the change and create. It's much easier to to model somebody that it is to just go at it. And so for me, it all, it stems back to, to the four of them that you mentioned, because it's just like, I noticed that they're operating with discipline and love. And it's cool to have somebody to model myself after because Chris Williamson is great, but like 
he's just one guy. So like, I think there's going to be, you know, tens or hundreds of Chris Williamson's over the next 10 years, similar to how we have, you know, hundreds of musicians that people could choose from and resonate with today. It's like, this is going to happen. It just takes time and it's hard to build just like it's hard to build a, a following with music too. took Russ 10 years to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said, there's, it's definitely, we're so early in the podcast game, even though it feels like there's so many out there. We're so yeah. early. And I think so I was listening to one of your podcasts a couple of days ago and it was like the, we're going to be like networks. We're going to be taken by networks into in some capacity. And it's, it, I'm, I'm excited for it because I like, this feels so aligned with me. And I know the same thing for you, obviously, like you've been doing it for, for over two years. Like it has to feel like something, there's something pulling you towards it. Obviously you, you got sick when you weren't doing it for, for you throughout the entire journey of every guest that you've went through over 300 guests, which is insane. What's the lesson that took you the longest to learn throughout your podcasting journey, whether it was about yourself or just interviewing or like entrepreneurship, this lesson in general. Yeah, I would say, I really have to think on this one too. You're asking great questions and I'm going to go back and like actually write about it because that'll be more accurate. My writing will be more accurate than whatever I give you in this moment. But one thing that comes to mind is just like that you can, you are choosing every day to be consistent, to be disciplined. Yeah. And it's like, even though I knew that in July of 2022, it's like, I wasn't acting on it. And also that there's a difference between understanding something and actually doing it. Like I'm actually putting out three episodes a week. I'm actually putting out 10 or 20 clips a week. It's like, and that's not my doing, right? But it's other people's doing that I'm just posting. So it's a lot easier. But the the point is that it's like, I knew that I should be doing three episodes a week. I knew I should be doing two episodes a week. I knew I should be doing more consistently, but mm -hmm. I wasn't. And that's okay. That's the going back to the grace piece of it. So yeah. I think it took me longest to learn that we can choose to be consistent or disciplined in this moment, even though we haven't been in the past. And that's okay. Um, to like understand and give ourselves some empathy and compassion for it. So mm -hmm. that, that's what comes to mind, but I'll definitely write on it or think about it a little further. Absolutely. It's like the ideology of every day you wake up with a chance and a choice. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, they may not even be conscious enough to realize that like, that's the kind of position that they're in. I know uh, love yourself, like your life depends on it was something that had like transformed the way that obviously it put you in the position to say, I love myself for so long. Like, what did that change about your relationship with yourself? And then also to, to is grace like one of the first values that pop up for you? Or like, how did that change the way you, you live life? Yeah, I think it just made love like one of the most important values just like the ability to love myself and love other people and just connect with people. But for me, that, that practice was so impactful because we are all running a script in our head at yeah. all times. And it made me aware of that. And it made me, it made that like my mantra. It's like, I love myself. I love myself. And I even found like, this is the weird part about like doing something consistently like that. I even found myself last night, just saying to be to myself before bed, I love myself. I love myself. Like, I programmed that script into me a long, long time ago, and it's still coming to pay dividends in this last night in, yeah. and in this moment. And so I think it made me conscious of the scripts that I was running, and it made and it directed the scripts to a kinder place for myself, a happier place for myself, and a happier place for the people that I was surrounding myself with as well.
Yeah, it changes your internal narrative completely. Like earlier yeah. today, as I was doing research for this, it, it was something I just caught myself saying the same thing because I find that I I mean maybe people see it as egotistic or whatever, but it's like your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have. And then that reflects in the way that you have relationship with other people as well. So it's it's really good to hear that you even made that to begin with and you made it like almost popular to some capacity that, that people would talk about it and people would do it because um, I think it's something that not many people talk nearly enough about. Other than meditation, is there something that you you focus on to build your relationship with yourself? Especially because I find that because we are in this season, I guess you could say of, of obsession, um we i guess you could say that like it, it can be tough sometimes to turn the light switch off or to give yourself time to take a step back because we love what we do like i wake up and i'm like i want to do this thing but sometimes it can also be like i need to remind myself of where my relationship with myself is at so how do you kind of find that balance yeah for me i would say that it is i like i said before i mean i connect with myself best by connecting with other people yeah. as well. So it's like when I'm connecting with uh, a new podcast guest, I'm learning about myself in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is a way of connecting with other people and also connecting with yourself is having conversations. And if you don't, most people don't have a podcast. So it's like, it, I also get the same high from strangers, like talking to strangers and, and really just being like, Oh, wow, this is not just a, a person who I'll never see again. Like it might be a person you'll never see again, but it'll be, it's a human being now. Like, and I think it's just, I tweeted about this the other day, how it's like a superpower. Where if you have the skill to just go up to people and, and that skill has been built over time from having so many conversations, from believing that my perspective was valuable, from having enough confidence in myself. So for me, I mean, like I connect with myself when I'm connecting with, someone else yeah it's, it's like that curiosity is just engraved in you because I, yeah. I i feel the exact same way like it can be a three-year-old or it can be a 90-year-old like i want to connect with them like there, there's always something that beginner's mindset that you can always learn something from someone else now there's the uh, last question as you have a challenge as your last like thing mine is a question that i find that it's kind of like the basis of what i want to this podcast the mission to be and it's that again as i said earlier in this podcast that most of the time, it's not that we're not capable or we don't have the talent to, to accomplish something, but it's rather that we have the belief that it's not possible and so we don't take action on doing it. I'm curious for you, in the phase of life that you're in right now, what belief are you currently unlearning? What belief am I currently unlearning? That's a good question. Some good questions, man. <laughs> um, I think I'm unlearning that the beliefs that you have to be normal. The beliefs that, and I, I'm I'm very far in that process, but I I still I still hear, you know, my parents talking about like how important college is and how, like how school is the most important thing, mm -hmm. but in reality, it's like education is the most important thing, and don't confuse education with school. And and I think I'm I'm unlearning a lot of the resentment that I had towards that belief mm. towards that ideal and instead turning that into compassion. No, it's not like my parents were wrong. It, they were just, they're just wrong for this time. And how can I meet that where maybe they're right? Maybe there's some parts of what they're talking about that is correct. 
And how can I give them a hug in, in the sense of emotions to really sit with it and be like, all right, like, let's assume they're right. Like, what would that look like instead of going towards the resentment piece of it, which would be like, no, you're wrong. Screw you. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is, this is not right. But like, what if some parts of it are? And if you come at it with resentment, you can't see the parts of it that are actually potentially right. So I think I'm unlearning the, the resentment and the anger towards going down the wrong path for me. I love that. I love that. And it, it, it made me think of, of Gary Vee in a lot of ways because a lot of what he talks about, just it really changed my perspective on a lot of things and the way that we, we immediately label something, whether it's good or bad, or we have to have resentment towards it, or it's wrong or right, whatever it is. But it's like, if we just go into it with curiosity and we, we're open to any kind of answer, regardless if we're, we're in the right or the wrong, quote unquote, um, there's so much more to be learned from that. And it kind of goes back to what I said a minute ago. It's like, you have to have that beginner's mindset to be open to things because like you never know if you're going to be right or wrong, but it's not about being right or wrong. It's just being open to receiving if you're right or wrong. I'm so grateful that you expressed that. Cause I think a lot of people are in that phase as well. Like they're unlearning a belief that has been just residing in them for so long. It's like for you, when you meditated for the first time that in 2012, you let go of that resentment, right? Like there's so much there, there's so much built up within us that we don't really take the time to, and it kind of goes back to how important meditation is. We don't take the time to be with ourselves and to figure out what is at like, at the deeper level that we have to bring it to the surface through meditation. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. And it's, it's something that I think that's a belief or an idea that I'm going to constantly have to remind myself of until it becomes natural, until it becomes normal, until you, you feel the hatred or you feel the resentment or you feel the anger and you're able to let it pass. It's a, it's a cool thing to witness my emotions and my perspectives on things that were told to me, you know, in the past month. And then I compare that to my reaction two years ago. And there's just something, there's something beautiful about the growth and the learnings. And yeah, man, it's a, it's a wonderful journey to be on. Yeah. It's the whole purpose of life is, I believe the whole purpose of life is to enjoy the passage of time. Like we, we're just going through life and we're experiencing life and through our learnings. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful journey. And I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the show to be a part of it, man. Um, for those that would like to find you, I already know where I can, but where can they find you, Danny? <laughs> the Danny Miranda podcast is the best place to connect with me and probably most active on Twitter at Hey Danny Miranda. Definitely. I appreciate you for coming on the show. I cannot express how grateful I am for you, Danny. Thank you for coming on the show, brother. Thank you. You crushed it. So many great questions, and I appreciate your insightful research.